Well, hey everyone, welcome to our deep dive. This is our first deep dive on the book of Galatians. So we started a brand new, yeah, everybody got their journals um, looking at it. We all do. You've got a real Bible there, <laughs> a journal in the Bible. Uh, we're uh, talking about just Paul's letter to this church and uh, looking really at what the gospel is. And this is one of the things that Paul really emphasizes is do we understand the gospel so we know when it's distorted or wrong? and are we able to kind of defend the gospel? I think there's kind of two uh, things that uh, step up there and are important for us to understand. So my, just anything about Galatians, when you hear Galatians, is there a time in your life? Is there verses from Galatians that stick out to, to you guys? I've got Matt, who's our youth director here, and Dan, our campus pastor at Mid-River. So Matt, is there a Galatians, is there something you study, the verse that's there that means something to you? I don't know why, but this standout is like Paul opposing Peter to his face. <laughs> always stands out of like, just like a war story of him right. saying, you know, one time this Peter guy, <laughs> I told him what he was doing wrong. I don't know. <laughs> that's not the most Christian sure. seminary answer I could ever come up with, but this was the first thing. But there's some honesty and you, you see um, a lot of church challenges. I think sometimes yeah. we think church should be free. And as we talked about in our previous series, you know, sometimes we have to bear with one another, forgive one another. What about you, Dan? Is there? Yeah. Um, well, recently, the, the way in chapter five, Paul describes the fruit of the spirit yeah. and how, you know, he compares the acts that are sinful and obvious to the fruit of the spirit, which sometimes is less obvious but he makes the comment against such things there are no law. Um, I feel like it's really important um, in our day and age that we recapture the fruit of the spirit as a barometer for how we're how we are doing with the gospel and in the gospel. So to know a lot, but to be absent of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control is to be missing the gospel itself. Um, and I, it's been interesting, like being a parent. Uh, being a pastor, being a friend, being, it, it seems like those things touch every part of life in ways that when I first read it sounded like, they sounded like tasks. And now they sound like um, impossible things that only but by the Spirit of God, you know, can I grow in those. So, uh, yeah, the fruit of the Spirit means, means a lot to me right now. Um, it's how I feel like I'm navigating tense conversations with family and friends and um, how I judge myself, um, how I approach parenting, not, not, that I'm holier at it. It's just those are the, the measures uh, in my mind right now. Yeah, and I think that's one of the interesting things about Galatians. We start kind of looking at legalism and doing and trying to do things to impress God. And the last half is really how to walk in grace and, you know, walking in the Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, don't grieve in the Spirit that comes up yeah. again and again. And I think that's that's what I'm looking forward to getting to, uh, particularly in Galatians, that how do we do that? How do we walk in that? Because, yeah, you can try to manufacture the fruit of the Spirit, but then it's not the fruit of the Spirit. Right, right. And it's what is Jesus, what are you allowing Him to do? New, not what you're doing for Him, but what He's doing yeah. uh, inside of you. So we talked a lot this weekend about just legalism and adding to the gospel. And uh, I just want to, you know, write, kind of walk through Great. and uh, a few kind of get you guys uh, thoughts on some things, what you see, some things we didn't get the chance to talk about. Verse one, Paul, an apostle, not from man, nor through, <laughs> through man, but through Jesus Christ and God, the father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia. And um, 
you know, what I think is fascinating here is Paul's writing this, but he talks about verse two, all the brothers who are with me. Who do you think those are? That's a really good question. I want to say Luke, but I'm not confident in that off the cuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not sure. There's not a right answer. I don't no. think we, we well, know. But he's always talking in community. Right, right. right. And he lists in chapters one and two, he talks about his relationships, even the, the argument with Peter. I, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't think he would consider Peter outside of that. Right. I think, yeah, that he sees contending for the faith is in the context of community. Um, that's a really interesting catch, Terry. I, in, in, I've spent a lot of time in Galatians for different reasons, but I, I never thought about how much that even shaped the way Paul approaches mm-hmm. these issues um, in my mind. I think I assumed he felt like a one-man army. <laughs> he was standing, you know, think against. think of him that way. But, I, yeah, I don't think he thought of no. himself that way. No. Sometimes there are, like, final greetings from people <laughs> went to the back to look for him. No Not final. there. No secret sure. hints to who's with him. Yeah. And I think, again, I mean, I think that's just the power. What, when we're talking about the God, who is really reminding us what's true? Where is our fellowship? Mm. And the importance of that, and you know, who speaks into our life? And I think chapter one, certainly, and later on, it's, you know, these people in Galatia are influenced by certain, and who we let influence us, who we listen to really makes, makes a difference. And I think, you know, small groups being part of a community are really important to yeah, and there's the opportunity to listen to whatever you want currently. Right. Like, if you yeah. want to listen to a certain viewpoint, like, you can find it here in the U.S., at least for sure. Yeah, about almost anything. Yeah, anything. It's interesting. The format for that comes through a virtual community, most likely. I feel like you're, you know, teasing it, like YouTube and blogs and podcasts and that. And... I do think in the gospel there's this invitation to, uh, not to avoid those things, but an invitation to pursue the best community, like real community. Not, not that it has to always be in person, but community that where the fruit of the Spirit grow. Um, a community where it doesn't become about cancel, canceling those who don't think the same way and know they're out. Um, instead, it's, it's a core commitment and a culture of Christ following. Uh, that can be held between believers that um, really makes all the difference um, in the in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I think of times in my life when I felt like um, now I've grown up around some amazing believers, and I don't I don't want to. Th- this isn't the whole of my my experience, but I I do feel like at times I've heard Christians close to me, especially when I was younger, talk about. Uh, their goal for my faith formation was to turn me into some kind of one man warrior into somebody who could know the right things and say the right things and do apologetics at the right moment, you know, to convince all the atheists that they needed to follow Jesus. Um, and I think, by God's grace, I was given very um, kind, neighborly parents and family. And so those, those other goals that seemed to want to make an object out of me in my faith formation were always balanced by people, a community, who really wanted to see Christ formed in me and to see me know Again, the fruit of the Spirit in community together. So that's been an interesting tension in my life. Like those who want me to be something to prove a point. Right. And those who really just want me to know God's love in Christ Jesus in community with them. Or just want to be with you. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. want to be Absolutely. with you. Absolutely. You know, value you. Um, Paul here is, well, I would say often what I see 
is people withdraw from community as they're withdrawing from Christ. That, that is often the first sign. You know, mm. all of a sudden, people, well, I'm too busy to go to church, or there's too much, mm. or I can't make uh, my small group. And many times I think it really is, in a, there's something else spiritually going on. Mm. And they, the fellowship is too condemning sometimes or too guilt-inducing mm. to be there. It's like, I, I want to leave. And so, you know, I think it's, it's hard in our culture, you know, when someone like drifts away and it's hard to go back and, and reach them. But yet somehow I think it is important to like, hey, we missed you. Like, yeah. you're part of it. We want you here. You're not someone we're trying to just a notch on our spiritual belt, but we really want you here and be part of that. Yeah. There's, unfortunately, uh, I've made many mistakes, <laughs> you know, because I'm old now. Um, Sydney, when she wanted, a few years ago, was like, I want to work out. I was like, no, you don't. If you did, you'd do it. And there, uh, that was the wrong answer, just in case, <laughs> in case you were curious. Pro tip. <laughs> don't say that. Don't say that. Um, but I think what I was saying was true. That does not mean you need to say it just because what you're saying is true. But it, I think a better thing would be to help her like try to change her desires and help her be like, hey, like how do I s- learn to want to do this well? And I think that's maybe like we the church shouldn't be like me of oh you should just do it you should want right. to be there. But instead, like I think of Mark nine like I believe help my unbelief like I want to help me to want to even when I don't right. like maybe that's a better way we can come beside people and help Great bring them back into the circle rather than just expecting and presupposing upon them that they should know and they should be or and then yep. what about us like it's so much easier to do that anyway yeah I, I think you're right i think jude jesus brother you know he, he even goes so far as to say have mercy on those who doubt um that our, our posture should include gentleness um even, even in truth telling i so i want to bring this up like gently. Sure. I have no desire to say that I know what's going on or that I'm right. I think one of the things that I carry is a grief from recent, just recent cultural moment, uh, given the pandemic, given political tensions in America, especially um, at times between believers or between family members or friends. Um, it, it, it's really sad to me the things that separate friends or the things that are sometimes separating people mm-hmm. who otherwise would stand right next to each other and sing with all their heart and pray with all their heart for each other. It does seem like we're in a moment where if we believe in Jesus, and I'm going to put myself on this on this particular platform, I need to be careful that my faith is in Jesus because there's a lot of things that I could add to that and find an audience and a community to rally around. Um, so I know that's sensitive, and I really, again, don't have any interest in judgment. Well, I think that is part of what Paul is talking about and what we talk about some on the past weekend is there is this tendency for us to want to add something to Jesus. We, yeah. it's, grace is almost impossible for us to comprehend. There's something in our fallen nature that we feel, I have got to do something. I've got to add. I've got to be good enough. And, you know, we talked about some of those different things that we, it's Jesus plus. And I, and I do think you're right. There's some Jesus plus some cultural things, uh, Jesus plus, you, you know, ways of living or things that we do. And, you know, probably sometimes Jesus plus politics, whatever mm. that, that is. And I think, are we okay with just 
Jesus. And Jesus may define those or how we walk through those or how we see those, but that's a human thing added onto. I think so. Is Jesus enough? I heard, uh, it's kind of a random uh, rabbit trail. I heard someone talking about what's happening in, I think it was a TED Talk because you can't find anything online. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But someone was talking about um, what happens in divorce now compared to what was happening in divorces 30 years ago that um, culturally, and not for everyone, but there's almost an expectation that you're going to choose to do what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the often what's happening between friends is if someone says they're unhappy in their marriage, there's now this pressure that maybe that marriage shouldn't last, that it should end. Okay, that's the rabbit trail, but I want to pull out that happy piece, and I, I just wanted to use that comment from that other person to, to illustrate. Like, even if we add happiness to Jesus, mm-hmm. we can sometimes get off track because in the gospel is, is a promise of his presence and his spirit, but not, necess- not necessarily, and if, well, suffering's promised. Difficulty being misunderstood is part of, part of the gospel. But in America, the, the gospel of Jesus plus happiness does preach. Um, and again, I don't say that arrogantly like I know it. I love being happy. I don't want to not be happy. So uh, don't hear what I'm not saying. But I, I do think that those tendencies are just inherent in our culture. Yeah, it's almost the opposite of the legalism, the Judaizing that they were doing. It's like, oh. well, I, yeah, Jesus is going to do, I only need Jesus when he's going to do something nice for me. It's that, you know therapeutic deism that we have, you know, that I only need him. I want, I'm going to use him. Yeah. Um, and then I get mad when I don't get what I want because then he's let me down, but I'm going to use him for what I want. And Paul here gets right into the gospel of that, like verse, grace and peace in verse three from God, our father and Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present age, according to the will mm-hmm. of God, our father. And so he, you know, jumps right in. Jesus gave himself to deliver us from the present evil age as God had uh, planned. So he kind of puts the gospel in oh. there. And he probably wasn't happy about delivering himself in that moment, kind of like <laughs> building off what you were saying in that. Right. And what you talked about a couple weeks ago, of like our prayers is kind of like trading our desires for his desire, yeah. our will for his will. Like, right. Yeah. So where do you, um, Jesus giving himself to deliver us from the present age that, you, you know, and obviously one of the things we're fo- focusing on in Galatia is the freedom we have, you know, that I think legalism is, it imprisons us. I think that therapeutic deistic happiness in, imprisons us. So this is how God wants to work, you, you know, God and, and whatever we add uh, imprisons us. Where do you see people needing deliverance from the darkness of this, this age? And there is, for, I work with students, so yeah. <laughs> a lot of my perspective is shaped by that. But there is such a, like, high expectation that they that students feel for themselves and that they almost never meet in any capacity. Um, and it leads to a lot of, like, emotional lack of health, for lack of a better term, um, for all kinds of different reasons. And I think it's... It's hard to for them to realize it's okay to be in those situations. Like it's okay to not be enough. Like that's kind of the whole point. But when, apart from the gospel, we have no hope, right? And so if they drift from that and try to find it somewhere else, like it will never satisfy. And I think, um, you know, 
later, Paul writes about like, am I, do I care about men? Nope. Like <laughs> that's the message version. That's not this one. But um, he's, <laughs> uh, he is, so, Paul is so consumed with pursuing God with all he's got. And like, that's where he's going to find his value. And I think for students trying to find value apart from Christ, apart from the gospel can lead to a lot of emotional hurt and turmoil and probably not just students, probably adults as well. So the bondage of performance, like I've got to do better, try harder, get more, yeah, be something, achieve more. Yeah, and bondage of, I don't even know how to describe, like wishing you were something else. Like I think that, I don't know what the terminology would be for that, but like there, so many students like wish their parents did something different. They wish they lived somewhere else. They wish their body or their, their faces looked different. Like they wish, they so often wish that they just weren't themselves or that they were better as if they weren't made for a reason and purposely as they are. So yeah. I don't know what the terminology would be for that. Well, which, sorry, I think that's really at the heart of the yeah. sinful condition. That's the, the, there is a true spiritual condition where we know we're not who God created us to be or what we could be or what Jesus had. I think it's then how do we find that? Sorry, you were going to say yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. No, Matt, I think that's fascinating. And Terry, yeah, absolutely that that, that is at the heart um, of the issue, I, words I would offer, and I don't know if they're accurate, but it, uh, like an unholy imagination. And the thing that the gospel invites us, I think, into is to accept accept ourselves because God has accepted us, you know, in, in Christ, and to develop a, a holy imagination that doesn't imagine us avoiding suffering, but imagines us, you know, flourishing in in, in suffering. Maybe not. I in my time with students. Um, Grief is such a hard thing to enter and to walk through, but students who found faith through their teenage years typically found faith in the middle of their grief, not in spite of their grief. And so this like uh, holy imagining of, of Christ with me, um, some students do approach church as if, well, this is going to make me better or other than I am. Yeah. Some yeah. I, if if I were to get a little oh, out of the weeds, students. some parents approach that. Do. Yeah. I, I mean, I think sometimes that's yeah. And that's there's a true heart of that. Yeah. It's right. We're not who we are. Sinful. We are broken, yeah. and we're hoping that God can do something. And we like to think of ourselves as not legalistic, but we can be like, hey, I went to church, so this shouldn't happen right. to me. You know, right. like, oh, yeah. or I drop my students off so that they will never experience sin. Like I wish our youth group was that good. Like I wish, I wish that happened, right? Um, and there's a lot of great things that happen, but I cannot guarantee that your kids will never sin. In fact, I can guarantee yeah. even if they come to youth they group, will. they'll still mess up. Well, and I think going back to your happiness question, sometimes our legalism is Jesus plus an emotion. It's yeah. like Jesus. I have to have this emotional experience yeah. or this thing that that then I'm a real Christian. Then I'm pleasing to God, or God's yeah. gonna work in my life. We try to talk about the dangers of that with the students of like, don't let your pursuit of the Lord be tied to an emotion. Like, if the only time I read my Bible is because I feel an emotion, like that's a dangerous place to be. And like, God's a lot better than that. And students, I think from a good sense, really want things to feel natural. Um, and I think mm. discipline helps stuff to feel natural. Like I, I want to be so disciplined in my pursuit of the word that like it's unnatural for me to read. And then hopefully as I'm disciplined and committed to reading the word, like the emotions follow, but students can get really caught up. And I think many people in general can be like, well, I want to feel this way. I want to desire right. naturally. And like 
we all should, but that comes back to the broken, the fallen condition of like, we don't, we're in a distorted time. Everything's been distorted. So like, I think discipline and not legalism, but adhering to things that help us within our broken state can be good. I think the word deliver, save, rescue us is a hard one because we don't, we know something's wrong but we don't want to be we don't want to be so broken that we can't fix ourselves and you know we talked a little bit this week about you know there's chapter 11 bankruptcy where okay my finances my business it's it's not in good shape and i need some help reorganizing it versus chapter 7 bankruptcy where i'm done i've got nothing and i there's nothing to even reorganize and so someone's got to come and pay the debt and often we may come to Jesus under chapter seven yeah I'm a, but then we're like oh well maybe I'm not too bad oh, with mm-hmm. Jesus can kind of help organize if do that a little more um, mm-hmm. and, and so we have a hard time like no we are we are bankrupt we don't have any there's nothing we can't organize our life any better we need Jesus to come and deliver us from that and I think that's hard in North America for us to believe hundred percent yeah try to do which is what to him be glory forever that's where our worship comes from right i think you can't a chapter 11 god who comes in and reorganizes we think well we've done half the work so we should be worshiped um and not really worshiping him continuing on verse six you know paul gets it i'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of christ and are turning to a different gospel well not that there is a different one but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of christ but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you <laughs> let him be accursed it doesn't say don't listen to him he says uh, let him be accursed and as we've said before so now i say again if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received let him be accursed mm. so the cha- you know i think the issue paul raises is are we listening are we defending are we understanding the true gospel so how do we do that when many voices, right? And you see, you know, uh, Muhammad, you, you know, listened to an angel, you know, Mormons, that's, there's an, an angelic kind of encounter, you know, people aren't doing this, they're listening to something, think, oh, there's something more, yeah. um, which I do think comes into the heart of our own brokenness. We're, we, there's gotta be something more, like it can't just be Jesus. There's gotta be Jesus and something, or maybe it's not quite working the way we, I think of attention. There's there's a tension that I feel uh, on the one side is to simply set this aside and ignore the warning, right? Right. And on the other side is to try to um, to find, so to speak, to try to find the devil under every rock, and to start accusing other brothers and sisters of, well, you don't, you're not carrying the true gospel. When in reality, I'm just not listening well enough, you know, to understand what how how deep Jesus Mm -hmm. runs. In the middle, I think you named some really important things uh, that we we shouldn't lose sight of. That there are um, there there are people who will claim to be Christian and deny Christ. Um, mm-hmm. I'm reminded of I, I, I don't say this trying to be proud. It was just a really interesting encounter. One day I was mowing my lawn. Somebody comes up while I'm mowing my lawn. I'm very sweaty. It was kind of gross. And they're Keep like painting that picture. That's yeah. right. That's right. They say, "Hey, can we talk to you?" Uh, sure. And I was I was 
curious. I, I got the idea that it was some religious group because there were several okay. people on our street. Yeah. Turns out they were Jehovah's Witnesses. And the person's comment was, isn't that great? Uh, I, I told them I, was work, I worked yeah. in a Christian church. And they said, isn't that great that, we, you know, that we're on the same team? We believe the same God. And I, it mm. wasn't to be mean, but I, I really had a, a question in my heart. And I said, that's really interesting because I, you don't believe that Jesus is the Son of right. God or the Savior. And that was not, for this person, that was not something they wanted to engage but in that moment, I felt like it was right in the middle of the tensions. It was just very obvious. Like, they weren't naming Jesus the way I named Jesus. And so that's a different set of news. Right. That's not actually good news to me. Um, and I do think it's fair for Christians in today's day and age to define clearly, no, we believe Jesus right. is the Son of God, the Savior of the world. This is his story. Um, and yet, we do want to avoid the tensions of just, ah, no big deal, and we but we also don't want to start looking at each other and uh, you don't, right. you don't you're know not Jesus a true, like that. You're yeah. not, yeah. Right. You had a little too much. I think our view of Jesus is like really important. <laughs> and like, <laughs> yes. um, what do we believe? Who do we believe he is? Like, yeah. that's super foundational. Like, if you don't believe Jesus is the son of God, then like, we have lots. <laughs> we don't even need to get into the quad and all that stuff. Like, we need to talk about this very foundational thing. Like, um, and there are, lots of different perspectives from people where I'll, I'll listen to them and I'll say something like, oh, I don't think they actually think Jesus was like a historical figure or like is a son of God. And that is such a foundational thing. And um, when, it, when you're reading verse six just stuck out to me. It's like, I'm astonished you're so quick, <laughs> like quickly deserting. It's like, I bet God like just has that like tweeted somewhere. <laughs> and, like just posted up like a poster. Like they just forget all the time. And like we quickly forget the gospel, like in our own way, we quickly distort the gospel in our own way. And I don't know that we can ever prevent that from happening fully. I think all of us will distort the gospel in some way because of our brokenness. And like part of our job is just to limit that distortion as much as possible. It's like seek yeah. out of the Father and say, right. God, like help me because I, I know I believe this. At some point, I don't understand it incorrectly. And if that's like I picture Jesus' pigmentation differently than it is. Like, in a sense, that's a distortion. Like, is that a big one? No. But we all, in some way or another, have it wrong. And that's uh, something we hate to say, that we're wrong in some capacity. Because currently, being correct is being morally better than others for some reason. Yeah. And, like, it's just a weird thing. We and can't so, do that in the church. We have to do this humbly. Yeah, we have mm-hmm. to approach this humbly. We have to say, hey, like, we don't. We don't have it all figured out. Like, we're trying. We're pursuing the Bible as much as we can. And we even openly admit, hey, there's some things to Scripture that, like, we don't fully grasp, and we we won't for a long time, and that's okay. But we're going to hold firmly to, like, Jesus being the Son of God. We're going to hold firmly, like, He's the way, the truth, and the life. Like, yeah. And I think, yeah, just calling people back again to Jesus and who He who He is. I think we see that after. So we're in verses 1 through 10, but we see Paul walking through in Galatians his humble vetting. He wasn't interested in in not knowing Jesus. He wanted to know Jesus in concert with others. Um, I know we're pressing up against that. Yeah, and he wanted to know truth. Like, I mean, you can see, it's like, okay, where your truth comes from matters, right? And are you, you know, you may think it's true, you may hear other people, um, but who we listen to really matters to it and does it align with the scripture and that's what he keeps coming back to is it with scripture 
Do you remember Mike's question a few weeks ago, uh, when he, or months ago? He asked, what does it feel like to be wrong? Yeah. Well, it feels like being right until you understand that you've been wrong. And so in, in approaching this question of truth and knowing Jesus, I, I think uh, to both of your points, our posture has to be one of humility and has to be one of, um, like, where is the authority? authority. I think right. Scripture is an authority. I think uh, the community of gathered believers holding to the, the doctrines that we know is an authority, uh, but not to weigh on us. It, it's more to, to keep us from our own error in, in places and let us examine our own hearts when we start questioning, doubting, or challenging those things. I do hope the church is a place where someone can question or doubt or challenge without being run out. That, w- that would be my kind of like last closing thought mm-hmm. that, again, I don't think we're supposed to start trying to find everyone who doesn't know Jesus the way I know Jesus. Yeah. I think we're supposed to uh, walk in community to knowing Jesus To best. knowing him. Yeah. Right, right. Well, and at the end, Paul says, for now, I'm s- for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God or am I trying to please man? If I was still trying to please man, I wouldn't become a servant mm-hmm. of God. And, you know, Paul here, as we're going to see, is very intentional about defending his right as an apostle, his calling, his teaching that he, you know, is sent uh, initially to do that. And it's like who we listen to, you know, really matters. And second half, he gives a big defense of who he is. So anyway, thank you for joining. We're just beginning joining through Galatians, journeying through there. And uh, you can find out more uh, about finding where to get a a Galatians journal, some other commentaries, books, resources at calvary.church slash Galatians, our very creative title for Galatians. And uh, I encourage you just to read. It's a book you can read, you know, in 20 minutes. Uh, Read it once a week and get familiar with it. So thank you guys. Have a great week and live freely in God's grace. Like, comment, subscribe. Thanks for listening to The Deep Dive, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.